Do you have babies, bills, or a billion other barriers to your entry into the trillion-dollar industry of real estate investing? Well, you're in the right place. So thanks for tuning in to the Real Tea Talks with Taiyi podcast show. I'm your host, Taiyi. That's T-I-Y-E. If you haven't been following me already, subscribe now. You can find me on all major podcast platforms and social media. I have now done over $100 million in real estate transactions over the last 10 years and counting, going from a real teen mom with one daughter at the time, wholesaling and door knocking residential pre-foreclosure properties, to now national real estate investor with five children and four businesses, buying and selling residential and commercial properties. And I want you to do the same. So let's do it. Hey, you guys, welcome back to today's episode. We are talking about how to master your mindset. First of all, let me just say this and get it out the way. I am so proud of myself. I got my children all to sleep a whole hour before their actual bedtime. Like they know that they should be to sleep by eight o'clock, but they really like to push the limits. Like, you know, the mommy, mommy, please, please. Or one more thing. Can I tell you something? Like we have all of these stories just bustling at the end of the night. For some reason, it just flows from them naturally, right? Like, Come on, it's before bedtime, but of course we have to make time for that still, right? But tonight, they were so on point. I was so proud of them because then I could come to you guys and really make this episode that I'm really, really, really super excited about because I love the topic of mental health and mindset and just how to master that because it's not an easy thing and it's not something super widely talked about but it's real it's a real thing that we definitely need to put some highlight and some bifocals on even okay so we're gonna do just that now just a quick preview of what you're gonna hear me talk about and hopefully learn throughout this episode today is really just kind of an introductory piece about it, um, about mindset. And then also uh, I want to talk to you guys about the growth versus the fixed mindset because there is a difference in how to understand both, right? I also want to talk to you guys about the root of our mindset, which is super important as a mom, as a coach, as an educator, as a nurse, as a administrative assistant, as a parent, as a teacher. No matter the role or many hats that we wear, you definitely want to have a grasp and a firm understanding about the root of our mindset. And then I want to go into a little bit more about like mastering your business mindset because that will really wrap things up and bring it full circle because it doesn't just affect one area of your life. It's all encompassing, meaning that it does definitely take a a stake and hold some kind of mental space in your life, not only your business, um, but your life as well. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about this episode. I hope you guys are excited, just like I am, to kind of learn some more about this stuff and kind of see how you can level up your own mindset and master it so that you can be more effective, have more time freedom, have more mental clarity and focus to really get stuff done. Okay, so now, how important do you think your mindset is as a real estate investor, as a mother, as a parent, or as a business professional, even an employee? It is paramount. 
your mindset really determines the overall success that you have in all areas of your life, like I mentioned. So if you look at your business, your parenting skills, your athletic performance, or even your relationships in general, your mindset really affects each and every aspect. A mistake that I see a lot of investors in my world make is to only focus on the mechanics of their investment strategies and not really the psychology behind those mechanics. So what do you do and how do you do it starts and ends with your mindset because how you do anything is really how you do everything. So we want to help to kind of cultivate a new mindset. And I wanna help you to really become aware of exactly how your decisions are impacting the way that your mind actually works. For example, how do you react to failures? Have you thought about that? How do you react to success, right? These things matter in determining like not only your short-term success, but also how you'll carry out your business in the long run or your workload or your parenting in the long run. It's not a short-term game. It's a marathon for sure, okay? So mindset is a simple idea discovered by world-renowned psychologists, even one in particular from Stanford University. Her name is Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. I've read the book, I loved it, I enjoyed it. And I know that like, even for me many times, it's a simple idea that can make all of the difference. And once you've read this system, for example, you will also have a better understanding of how mindset works and why it's important and why brains and talent alone aren't what brings success in our own lives, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our employment. It's very important that we understand that it's not what happens to you in life, but it's really how you react to it, okay? So that really brings me to kind of this topic of like growth versus fixed mindset, okay? Because it does help to how we respond to these different emotional kind of roller coasters per se that we have. Because sometimes your life is definitely defined by a single moment, so whether it be today or the, the moment that you had yesterday or in the past or it's still to come to you in the future, you want to go boldly in the direction of your dreams. But before you can do that, before you can really even master your mindset, you have to understand what it is and how it works, right? So many people aren't even aware of their own thoughts. Like they are even further out of touch with how they communicate those thoughts. And most often it is a simple awareness of these two things that will really begin to really transform your success. Okay. Now, as I may have pointed out in other episodes, and now I'm going to point out again, the key isn't ability. It's whether you look at ability as something inherent, meaning within you that needs to be demonstrated or something that can be developed, something that you can learn, okay? So a mindset I found is really simply your beliefs about yourself and also your basic qualities, things like your intelligence level 
or the talents you have and your overall personality are really part of your mindset. And we as individuals all process thoughts differently. Some people have more negative thoughts, like you know those people that are super negative. I can think of some off the top of my head. I will spare you guys and not say any names, even though I really, really want to, and they're on the tip of my tongue, let me tell you. But I won't, I won't do that, I won't go there. Not in this episode, at least, unless they make me mad enough. (laughs) I'm just playing, I'm just playing. But for most people, they do spend a lot of time in negative thoughts. And sometimes they're not even aware of it right? While others, they tend to favor positive thoughts. And that's the space and the energy and the vibe that I like to be in, right? So if you think of a handful of your closest friends or even family members, you might be also able to distinguish like, who are the people that are positive that I know that are closest to me? And who are the people that are negative, right? Like take a second, pause, rewind it or pause right here. Have that thought. Because I assure you that people, more than one, usually a plural, right, will come to your mind when you ask that self, that your, yourself that question on both sides of that spectrum of positive versus negative. And while we can point to some like biological features that make us different in one person's mind from one person to the next, like the shape and the size, and we can get all techie and stuff like that. The evidence is really lacking that this has much to even do with your mindset, okay? Like there's been so much research that has been done as to whether or not a person's background or experience, training, or even ways of learning may different, uh, may be different, right? And there's so many other psychologists even that can speak to this idea. But there's also like a person like Alfred Bennett. He was supposedly the inventor of the IQ test. Now, Bennett designed this test to identify children who were not reaching full potential in Paris public schools. And his goal, allegedly, was to make certain that all of the school systems were on point, right? So he believed that education and practice could bring a fundamental change in intelligence. And even one of his quotes was that, like, Um, Let's see. It was a few modern philosophers assert that an individual's intelligence is a fixed quantity, a quantity which cannot be increased. We must protest and react against this brutal pessimism with practice, training and above all method. We manage to increase our attention, our memory, our judgment and literally to become more intelligent than we were before. That was his philosophy. That was one of his most famous um, like quotes, right? And even modern day experts, even now today, tend to agree that it isn't enough to just say it's either natural or nature, but rather a complex mix of both of those things, both nature and even nurture, I would say, right? Now, While we may start out having a makeup of certain temperaments or aptitudes, that's not an end-all be-all. It is clear that with experience or even training and an overall personal effort, anything is possible for anyone. And I truly believe that right? So it's not a matter of one person can do it and another cannot. It's not a matter of, oh, they, you know, know this or have this and I don't. That excuse literally no longer can work, 
Now, without getting too technical or too scientific, even though it has a place for that, there have been a lot of studies that have shown a variety of differences between what's called the quote unquote growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And the basic idea, just to summarize real quick, is that the world is split into those who are open to learning and those who are close to it. Now, the side you fall on will determine everything from the way you view the world to your interpersonal relationships. And you really want to then start to look at how these two things work and and are at work in your own life. So for example, an example of a fixed mindset is that someone who thinks intelligence and talent are fixed at birth, right? And an example of maybe a growth mindset is that intelligence and talent can be developed, okay? So when you're able to have a growth mindset, you understand that you can change and grow as you go, right? These type of people are like constantly trying to improve their intelligence. In a growth mindset, people believe that usually their most basic abilities can be developed through like dedication and hard work, Brains and talents are just the starting point, right? And in that view, it creates a love of learning and a real resistance, I would say, that is essential for great accomplishment. So some other examples that I can think of um, just kind of in meditation of really what is this whole growth mindset about? right? Like how can I simplify it? How can I make it real for me? How does it impact me? And what overall am I doing to contribute to the mindset that I have? Okay. So some thoughts that came up for me even were like, number one, intelligence can be developed. I do think that. I always think that intelligence is something that we can develop. For example, just reading, right? Reading, and it doesn't mean a whole chapter book a day or even a week, even though that would be great for myself. I read at least two books a week, but that's far more than even the average person. If you read even just one book a month over the next five years, you are said to be an expert that is at the top 1% of people by that time. Just reading, like, just think about that for a second and let it really sink in. Like one book a month, that is crazy, especially for somebody like me who reads two books a week, that's eight books a month, right? So am I some type of like super expert, quote unquote? I don't know. But I know that I do it just because I want to practice this whole concept that intelligence can be developed. I don't know if it's a birthright. I'm not that, I'm not a scientific type of like doctor or a licensed psychologist or any of that. And I don't have to be. Just basic logic tells me that that's something that can be developed. Like I was not born knowing about real estate investing. That's something that's an intelligence that I developed over the last 10 years of putting it into practice, right? Another example that I can think of is like someone that embraces challenges because life is full of unexpected events and things and people and challenges overall. So a growth mindset would really embrace those challenges and say, ooh, this is getting real, like real serious, real fast, right? But I'm not gonna run from it. I'm gonna hold firm and hold my place here. I'm gonna learn through this experience. I'm gonna grow through this experience because everything that you 
go through, you should grow through, right? So you want to embrace challenges because problems have solutions, just like challenges have solutions. They have resolves. It's not the end of the world unless you make that choice, right? For most people. Another example would be to persist in the face of setbacks. Like everybody, no matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, if you were born rich into wealth, if you were born poor into poverty, no matter if you live in California or Florida or New York or in the Midwest, right? Everybody faces a setback at some point, whether that comes in the form of getting a divorce or having financial problems um, that kind of result in a domino effect of you becoming soon homeless or jobless, right? Or if you are going through any type of like marital disputes or if you get fired off of a job or if you lose a loved one and someone dies that's close to you, like those things are real. That's life. Everybody faces those realities, no matter how harsh they are. Your job is to persist despite those setbacks that life is inevitably going to throw you, okay? And that would be an example of a person that also has a growth mindset, right? They see the light at the end of the tunnel, essentially, these folks, okay? Now, another example would be maybe someone who sees effort as a path, as, as a path to mastery, and what I mean by that is that they see that putting in any amount of effort is going to get them closer to mastering something, right? So let's say, for example, you're in real estate, just like me, because that's the closest example that I can think of. Um, so if you're in real estate and you're like, how do I get started? I don't know where to go. I don't know what to start doing first or second. I, I really don't no, I'm confused. I'm frustrated at this point. I'm overwhelmed with all of the information and all of like the different opinions and perspectives that people have and advice that they're giving me, right? If you just kind of silence your brain to all of that, no matter if it's real estate or whatever you're trying to get into that's new and uncomfortable, if you can really see that, hey, let me just focus on the next or the first step that I need to take. Let me put some effort into taking that first step. That effort might be shown in picking up a phone and randomly Googling uh, realtors in my area, see who pops up and literally calling the first one at the top of your Google search results, right? You are putting forth effort and then you see that effort as your doorway to mastering something. Right. And that means networking, building relationships and rapport with people so that you can really master the art of having that type of interaction and conversation with people. OK, for in the parenting world, which I am in, since as many of you, if you've been following me for any length of time, I make it a point always, always to highlight the fact that I do have five children as a millennial mom like that is huge. For most people, something they can't even fathom, right? But it's real for me. So for me, instead of being overwhelmed by it every day, I see that any effort that I put forth into being the best mom that I can be, the best wife that I can be, the best person, the best woman, the best business person, the best entrepreneur, the best philanthropist that I can be, like any small effort, something as simple as, okay, Today, the house is a mess, 
right? And this is hypothetical because today it's actually not knock on wood, right? But let's just say that your house is a mess today. Now, you don't want to have to say, oh my God, I'm gonna wake up to this huge mess. I have to clean everything up tonight. Now, for some of you, cool, like you have that superpower where you can be up at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night and you're killing it, you're in your zone, you're vibing out to some music, you're cleaning up, you're getting it done, you're knocking it out, you're killing it, right? That's cool. But if you're like me, that's not realistic, right? So for me, I would say, okay, let me focus on the kitchen. Let me put the effort into coming up with some type of system, some type of set of like checklist that I can go through every single night and even throughout the day so that at the end of the day, my kitchen is not a mess, right? Because that's the source of where I feed my family from. So if I put forth that effort to, first of all, address it as like acknowledging that that's an issue, that's an area that I want to kind of fine tune and get better at, uh, managing is my kitchen or even my house being clean. Let's just start with one section and put forth that effort into cleaning up a little bit throughout the day if you work from home or getting your kids to help and teaching them how to be more self-sufficient and showing them how to do that, not just telling them, but showing them how to do it and bringing them into your world at that moment to say, hey, listen, everybody has a job around here. No matter if you're two or 22 and you live in this house, you have a job. And of course the jobs differ, but without getting too far off of this point that I'm trying to make is that Every effort should be a path, should be seen as a path to mastering a specific thing. You can take baby steps. You don't have to sprint because everything can be looked at as a marathon. But putting forth the first step, making the first step, and then taking the next natural step after that, and just looking at the steps as a one-to-one -one thing versus a huge, you know, big thing is usually the example of you maturing and growing into having this growth mindset, okay? Now, another example would be someone who learns from criticism. Like, criticism is everywhere, especially on social media. Like, you guys know, like, if you just turn on your phone and go into your newsfeed on any Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn even, right? Like, that's supposed to be a professional site, but there's massive criticism, people hating all day, all around you for no apparent reason. Sometimes you might give them one and that's a one thing, but a lot of times you don't even have to give them a reason, but you have to learn from the criticism that you get. Hopefully it's more constructive criticism than evil, right? Cause some people are just evil and you're like, okay, that you just an evil person, right? But you want to learn from every experience. You want to silence, you know, your brain to a lot of it, but you also want to learn from it, especially if you keep hearing similar or same things over and over from different people. Everybody can't be wrong, right? So having a growth mindset would encourage you to really learn from that criticism instead of internalize it and just really see it for what it is and what can you gain or learn from it, okay? Another example would be someone who finds inspiration in the success of others, right? That's a growth-minded person. I am huge on that. Like, I get super pumped and motivated and, and inspired by hearing the success of other people. That's why I love podcasts. I love audiobooks. I love reading because I'm absorbing the knowledge, the wisdom, the guidance, the journey of other people that they put out. And I use that as fuel to inspire me right? To do big things, to do better things, to do new things, to try new things. For example, right? I 
found inspiration in something as simple as don't laugh, but sushi. Like I, for the life of me, would not like my palate, my tongue, my taste buds, whatever you want to call it. Like it was crippled by this super sheltered and salty lifestyle that my mom had when she cooked for us as me and my sister as kids. So as a child, you just kind of develop a pattern and, and palate for like salty foods, which is super bad. But I was so inspired when I seen somebody who was like um, eating sushi and I knew I was like, no, this girl is way more picky than me. Like, I can't even believe what I'm seeing right now. Right. But it inspired me like, OK, if she can try it, like, what is it going to hurt? Like, she's still alive. She still look well. She still looks cool. If she survived it, I can. Like, that's something super simple and it still seems super silly. But I literally was inspired by seeing her do it because I knew we were like the same kind of person in the fact that we didn't just try everything. We didn't just try anything. Right. But to this day, I absolutely love sushi, but cooked version. I don't do the raw thing, but I do love cooked sushi. But it can be from something as simple as that to like something bigger, right? To let's just say business. Somebody is in a profession that you are in and you find inspiration in their success instead of hate on it and bring them down and be evil and say criticizing things or hatred things in comments or DMs or whatever in person, face to face. A lot of people don't do that. They do it behind keyboards and behind fingertips. But, you know... If you can be inspired by the people who are already at a level that you're aspiring to be at, you're on the right path, right? That's super huge. And another example of a growth mindset would be someone who reaches higher levels of achievement. They're never satisfied. They're not comfortable. They're okay. They're satisfied. They're comfortable in knowing the fact that they can celebrate a win because they feel like they've achieved something, but they never stop reaching for that thing that is next highest, that is a little bit beyond their current reach. And for children and adults alike, that is important to have. Okay, because it always gives you a target. It also always gives you a reason to look and level up, right? Beyond where you're currently at. No matter if you're stuck where you're at, you can get unstuck, okay? Just reach, reach for that next highest thing, that next new thing even. And the last example would be like someone who has a greater sense of free will. Like they are a free spirit. They're not confined and constricted by any limitations or limiting beliefs that they put on themselves. So whether it's your education, your relationship, your athletic success, or simply the overall condition of your business, it's important to really embrace this concept of having a growth mindset because doing so will really free you. It will allow you to learn more and really learn quickly. If you do not believe that you have the ability to influence how your life turns out, then how will it ever change? Okay, so that's something to think about, some food for thought and a thought that I've had many times. And my answer to that changes from time to time, right? Now, those with a growth mindset like this, I found they really believe that a person's true potential is unknown because it's limitless. And with this type of mindset, it's simply impossible 
to foresee what can be accomplished with years of passion, with years of hard work, and really with years of education, because you should be a student for life. And that doesn't just mean in the traditional sense that you go to preschool, then you go to elementary, middle, high, and then you graduate and some of you go to college and even graduate school and then professional programs or med schools or trade schools. It doesn't even stop there. You should be committed to being a student of something or someone for life, okay? Now, on the other side of the coin, there are many people who do believe that intelligence and or even talent is genetic. Like they for real believe that you're born with, it, with, with intelligence or with this talent. They, they believe that talent is fixed and has something to somehow do with being successful. Like to the fixed-minded person, effort usually plays little to no role at all. For example, people may believe that at birth, Michael Jordan was destined to become this greatest basketball player ever that he was. Like he was born to be that star. Is it true? Well, I don't know, right? What many people don't realize, though, is that Jordan was cut from his basketball team in the ninth grade. Did you know that? Or if he, he like, if he bought into this mindset, I feel like, that his abilities were fixed at that moment, then he would never have become the athlete that he was. And just for you, if you were fixed into a certain mindset in the moment of something happening, then you may have never become the person that you are to this day, okay? And the same thing can be said in business. Most people really believe they either were born intelligent or they weren't, that they either qualified for a certain job or they're not, or maybe that there's no growth potential involved in the job that they're currently in because like a common characteristic is to try to document and prove where you are now instead of developing what you could become later, right? It's kind of like I feel that fixed mindseted people, they are what I like to think of as the finger pointers. Those who say stuff like, quote unquote, life happens to me instead of I make life happen right? It's just like this very tricky and dangerous mindset to have, especially when it comes to business and parenthood. Those two things are important to really, really master the mindset of a growth mindset because you affect and impact people and you nurture their development in both areas or both components of life in business and in parenthood. Right. And you may find yourself withdrawing from things that you shouldn't just to try and protect your ego. Like we all do that at a point. And we all know that there are times when failure is really inevitable. If you maintain an attitude under a fixed mindset, you won't be able to grow from your mistakes. Right. So some examples um, just to share with you guys that I've seen in fixed minded people, if you know these type of people as well, it's it's somebody who thinks that intelligence is static, like it doesn't go up and down. It doesn't fluctuate. It's something that is fixed. You can only get so smart is what they believe. 
right? Now, another example would be like intelligence is genetic. People think that literally, like I said before, you're born with it. And also another example could even be that fixed-minded people avoid challenges. Like, you know, the people who play it safe, even if it's in the job that you've been at for 15 years, like I could never be in one job for 15 years. Like if you own your own business for that long, it's different because with business, you actually learn something new every day. Not to say that jobs can't teach you anything, but it's a different challenge, a different situation, a different interaction um, that you go and grow through versus people who are challenged uh, averse. Like they, they just avoid conflict. They avoid arguments. They avoid touchy situations by any means necessary. Like I know somebody like that, um, even thinking off the top of my head, like whether it be a mom, a dad, a sister, a brother, a grandma, a grandpa, a boyfriend, a, a husband, a wife, right? You know, somebody who plays it safe to their own detriment, even sometimes. Right. Another example of people um, that you can probably identify that have fixed mindset is someone who gives up easily. Right. For, so, for example, somebody who gives up like if they're trying to get a loan to fund their flip or their business in real estate investing. Right. Like you're or a business loan in general, like you, you go to one lender and they're like, no, you go to another lender and they're like, no, you go to another lender and you just keep seeing all these doors getting shut in your face. And you're like, you know what? After the fifth person, like, no, like this is stupid. Or even after the first person, I see so many people after the first no they get in anything in life, whether it's being trying out for a new sports team or going into a new business or applying for a new loan or, you know, even something as simple as like horseback riding, like golfing, right? All of these things are skills that can be learned and they're teachable. But if you give up easily, that's because your mindset is fixed and limited. It's true. And you know people like this. You might be one of those people. Hopefully not, but the harsh reality is that it could be you, right? Another example of someone with a fixed mindset is somebody that sees effort as useless or worse, right? So they see effort, like putting in effort, as it's not even worth it. Like it's not even worth to try something new, something different, something exciting, or even something uncomfortable. You have to get yourself sticky and dirty and wet sometimes and put yourself in uncomfortable situations. That doesn't mean be stupid. Like I'm not telling you to go jump off the bridge or, you know, go jump off even your balcony. I'm telling you, be the optimistic realist. Always think that what could happen for you will happen for you if you put in the work, the effort to make it happen, right? So another example of someone with a fixed mindset may be people that you know that ignores useful negative feedback, right? They ignore it. It goes back to kind of that criticism component that we were talking about, but they ignore it. Instead of embracing it and kind of learning from it and listening to it, they just completely ignore it and are remiss of it. They don't like negative feedback. If somebody says, hey, you know, I love your hair like that, but I think it makes you look a little bit older than what you really are. So I, I think I wouldn't have cut it maybe that short, I would have kept it long. Or the opposite, right? Like I would have not kept my hair long, I would have cut my hair off and kept it short because now you look younger. Whatever, right? It's stupid little things like that, that people really get bent out of shape on. And if you ignore it, um, you know, because 
of whatever, you know, mental blocks and that fixed mindset that you have going on for yourself, you just are tuning it out. It could be something as simple as like, hey, listen, you didn't get that loan because you didn't say the right thing. You didn't look the part. You didn't have your stuff together. You didn't know what that loan officer or that underwriter uh, underwriter was looking for. Or you shouldn't maybe deal with the child in that way. Like, that's your child. I'm not trying to tell you how to parent them, how to raise them. But maybe, like, I've learned from my experience that you should maybe maybe try it this way. Try this approach. And maybe they wouldn't respond or react or fall out in public or go crazy or not listen to you or do what you say to do the first time you say to do it, right? Like, if you ignore these helpful tips of hidden wisdom that may come across wrong, or negative, but it's good feedback and it's useful. And maybe if you try it, you just ignore it, that you can really benefit from it. Ignoring that is working to your detriment and against you, right? Because you're trying to protect your own ego, which is not the point or should not be the goal in that moment of helpful feedback. Okay. Another type of person with a fixed mindset may be somebody who feels threatened by the success of others. Right. So, for example, I when I first started and got into real estate within my first year, I met this attorney. It was an attorney in Oakland. And, you know, I was doing volume at that time. So I had a client that I got that was in like San Mateo County in California. It was a probate situation. And this attorney was a probate attorney. Now, mind you, I was not at all fearful or feeling some type of way that she was an attorney who had to get or not even had to get who got herself involved in one of my deals in one of my transactions with this seller. And a probate, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it just means that somebody passed away and they left something of value. In this case, it was a house. So my client was the home, uh, not the homeowner, but the heirs of that estate, right? So her, her, her father had passed away. Her and her daughter inherited this property. I was gonna buy the property from them, but they got a little bit cold feet at the moment and say, you know, I just want an attorney just to feel more comfortable about the situation. So I said, no problem. You know, I reached out, I did some research and I reached out to an attorney that I was referred to and she was a probate attorney, right? So I reach out to her and I'm like, hey, this is a situation. This is what I do. This is who I am. This is how I operate. This is what I'm dealing with. And I want to refer this client to you, right? Bringing her a book of free business, right? A free check, like who turns down free checks? But anyways, she felt some type of way. And I could tell that just in her reaction, like initially her vibe and energy was super positive, but as she seen more of, I'm really doing what I'm saying I'm doing. And she did her own research and background kind of on me with other people in our kind of shared circle of uh, professional people. She started to feel some way and feel really threatened by the success that I was having because my business was booming at that time also as well, even just kind of within my first year, even though it took me six months to get to that point, she just seen it for what it was then. She didn't see the struggle, but she was going through that same struggle in her own business, in her own law practice at that time. And she felt some type of way. So she started using her own legalese and her own legal weapons to try and kind of stunt 
my success and even more so the success and the opportunity that I had with doing business with this client. She tried to pull the client from me, right? Like in just sway the client to working with people in her network so she can not only get a bigger check than the one that I just brought her for absolutely no referral fee, right? But that's another topic. Um, She tried to completely take this client and to, from me so that I, I didn't have the opportunity to do business and continue the business that I was already doing with them. And that is going to happen to you in some way, form or fashion. People are going to feel threatened by your success, no matter how big or small it is. Right. That's somebody with a fixed mindset because people really try to take from other people what they feel like they cannot create for themselves. Like you you don't want to be that person, right? You don't want to hate on or stunt the success of somebody else. If anything, you want to learn from them. You want to vibe with them. You want to become part of their tribe, their, their, their network. So you can see, hey, what is this person doing? How can I model that and reflect that in my own life so that I can level my own life up without having to hate on their lives? Like women do that so much. And that's something that I do not like. I went to a private all girls Catholic high school. So I was with girls for four straight years, and I seen this all four years of just that hate, that cattiness, that spite, that like only one person can fill this one role or this one level or this one look, right? Like there's multiple spots, right? Like I, from a young child, loved tennis and I wanted to be like Serena Williams, right? Did I hate on her and be like, oh, she shouldn't be, or she's too this, or she's too that, or I could do this better? I No, like I really looked at her with eyes of inspiration and was like, yes, sis, that's where I'm trying to be. Like, how can I do that? There's, there's more than one spot at the top. There's more, more than one spot for one good tennis player. She's not going to make me feel some type of way or feel threatened or feel otherwise. Like, if anything, I feel inspired by that. I don't feel hateful or revengeful or even threatened by her success, right? So that's really a fixed-minded person who, who feels that type of way. Um, the last example that I'll give is like um, somebody who kind of plateaus early. They hit their bottom before they even get any momentum and hit their top or hit a success or a win. And they really achieve less than their full potential. Right. So that just means like I don't know if you guys have heard in an earlier episode Um, I talked about my friend that I had named Maya, and this is like another example of of her, right? Because Maya hit a plateau early. She started out in real estate investing. We got into it together, not at the same exact time for the same exact reasons, but we, we both had that mindset, that entrepreneurial spirit, and we really felt like real estate was the best vehicle to help us accomplish our dreams. Well, in my first year, even though it took me six months and she's seen that struggle, she was doing deals within her first, I think like two or three months, right? But she also was working a full-time job at the same time of starting her real estate business. Well, after to make a long story short, after her first year, she only net and walked away, meaning after all expenses, she only net $40,000. And she thought that that was bad. She thought she was a failure. She thought that that was like, like hitting a plateau, right? She thought that that meant that, you know, sh- that's all she was ever going to do. 
Meanwhile, I made over $100,000 my first year, but within the last six months after I gained momentum, right? I didn't see that as my end-all be-all, right? I didn't even see that as my full potential, right? But Maya, she achieved less than her full potential because she put in less effort. She put in less positive vibes and goal setting and planning and being realistic but optimistic about what was possible for her given her own situation, her own lifestyle and her own market that she was in for where she lived at. Like those things we had different, even though they were similar, they were still different, right? So you don't want to be that person with that fixed mindset that plateaus early, like thinking that you hit your rock bottom before you even get started. One year into business, like stop it, girl, no. <laughs> okay, you're not seasoned, you're not a veteran a business person you're not expected to even be like most people don't even survive the first year of business uh, let alone the first five years and primarily because of lack of capital that's why financing is so important if you haven't heard um, one of my earlier episodes as well on financing and how to get funded to get started in real estate like you should go back and listen to that because it's one of many that you'll hear me talk about, about getting financing and getting over the fear of that because you don't want to be in that group of people that hit a plateau early, meaning hit your bottom too soon in business or real estate or otherwise because you are not, you're also fixed in the mindset of that intelligence. Your intelligence is stagnant, like we talked about earlier, right? always strive for more, always look to level up. Don't think that you have reached your full potential before you started, before you've even been in the game, in your business niche or industry for at least five years, right? Like, don't do that to yourself. Don't shortchange yourself. Don't cut yourself a deal. Don't discount your successes that you're having, but also don't settle for where you're at, right? And that's super important. So, you know, if, you know, like, okay, I like to think of it like this. So if we aren't born with a genetic makeup of predetermined mindset, like we weren't born knowing if we were going to have this growth or fixed mindset, where does it then come from? That mindset you have today is no accident. Trust me, it was created, altered, and even cemented throughout your periods of development as a child, the same development process that your children, if you have any, are going through right now, that you're nurturing, that you're developing, that you're creating, altering, and even cementing every single day, nurturing them. And most people don't take the time to even sit down and truly think about why they think the way that they do. And that is a huge mistake. We really have to gain self-awareness before any development can take place. So even if you think that you may have a fixed mindset because you fit one or multiple of those examples that I gave earlier and you're like, oh yeah, sis, that's me. Like I'm silently raising my hand. If that's you, then there are ways to really tweak your day-to-day -day interactions, right? So that you gain growth potential. And, I, and I'll show you how. Like, it's not an easy thing, like I started out with saying, but it's a necessary evil. It's a necessary thing that you have to do. You really, really do, okay? So just even like try to think back to one of your earliest memories of praise or criticism, 
even. Like, were you given praise for winning at a basketball game? Like, I played basketball, right? Or a tennis game. I played tennis as well. Were you given praise for winning at those type of games? Were you told you weren't very good at gymnastics or cheerleading and that it might be a waste of money to continue? Like, did your parents tell you that? Your grandparents? Did a coach tell you that at some point? I know for me, they have, right? You may not have realized it at the time, but those types of statements take a profound role in shaping your mindset. And they also take a very, very huge role in shaping the mind that you're setting for children if you're in that parental role and responsibility. Like, telling a child that they themselves as a person are either good or not good at a certain activity will really create a fixed mindset. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to stunt our children's growth before they even grow and grow up, right? Like this type of statement will really simply reinforce the idea that we are born with certain traits and attributes that make us who we are. Encouragement is meant for growth the same way criticism is. So when you're looking back on your youth, did you give up on gymnastics? Did you give up on a sport? Did you give up on a business idea? Did you skip, you know, cheerleading practice because you just thought you were better than everyone else and you just could come out on game day on the floor and kill it? Like these are very common outcomes, right? And as we grow from adolescence to young adulthood and then to adulthood, there are individuals in our lives who may be doing more harm than good. That's a fact. This is often rooted, though, from the concept of placing blame. For instance, if your mom and dad came home from a parent-teacher conference and sat down with you to discuss your quote-unquote C grade, in English or biology, right? They probably shouldn't, they, they probably should have expressed concern about how you were applying yourself in class, right? Like, however, many parents will simply blame the teacher, just off tops, like it's the teacher's fault. Like, you know you're guilty of that. Like, come on, if you're a mom or a dad, like you're guilty of that. I know I am. They, you know, parents, okay, will usually tell their son or daughter, like, the teacher has it out for you, or I could tell that she is a terrible teacher and we need to get you into another class or another school. They're always usually pointing fingers. It, pointing fingers is just something many parents are in fact guilty of, right? They don't intend harm by it. They are simply trying to protect their children and make them feel better. However, the effects of that are super, super sketch. Like they are detrimental even to the student's growth potential, to your child's growth, because then they repeat that same habit of placing blame. And really by placing blame elsewhere, parents are essentially reinforcing that intelligence is fixed. The teacher is making a mistake or once this product or this pattern um, is developed, very seldom will it go away in children or in adults, right? It will continue to reappear over and over and over again as a theme, as a reoccurring theme in your life. You'll see that play out. And it will always be someone else's fault. That's why it's so important that we develop a sense of ownership 
and responsibility in our own lives. If we did it, own it. If we didn't do it, own it, right? Now, if you are to reach your fullest potential, you have to begin to think differently. You even have to move differently. You're not chained to, chained, um, to your current capacities, right? You're not chained to your current capabilities, but that is something you have to realize for yourself. That's not something I can tell you or someone else can tell you. You have to realize that for yourself, that you are not what you're going through. You are not your current situation. Your current situation isn't even a reflection of who you truly are or your fullest potential. It's just a growing curve, a learning curve. And all great achievers, right, from many different walks of life, they've built their abilities, okay? And when you are able to grasp that as a concept, you can really bring your game to a whole new level. Like altering your mindset just all begins with your awareness. We all will typically have a lack of awareness and a general sense of ignorance when it comes to our mindsets. But when, we're a, when you're aware of what you're saying to other people and how you're processing your own thoughts, you will solve the problem on your own and begin to really embrace challenges and start to love learning. And this will not only ensure your success, but more fun while succeeding in that process of learning, of discovering, of awareness, of who you truly are and what makes you, you, right? Because most of us have fixed mindsets about one thing or another. So even if you believe that you have a growth mindset, you still have work to do. You're not off the hook, okay? And you really wanna follow these three steps to improve your mindset, just similar steps that I took myself through to change my own negative thoughts and mindset that I wanna share with you guys, right? So number one, it's awareness. You really have to recognize that the growth mindset does in fact exist, it's a real thing, it's not just a cute saying, and it's supported by years of scientific research. Like even neuroscience shows that the brain changes and becomes more capable when we're working to improve ourselves. Okay, and number two is competency. You wanna learn and teach others about how to develop our abilities. Learn about deliberate practices and what makes for effective efforts. Like when we understand how to develop our own abilities, we strengthen our conviction that we are in charge of them. Does that make sense? And number three is proficiency. proficiency. It's, it's really the control that you want to have of your fixed mindset voice, that voice in your head that you feel when you feel in that negative thought coming on. Like when you hear it, talk back with your growth mindset voice. If you hear, I can't do that, just respond with, I can't do that yet. Just add that yet on it. And you'll see that even though it sounds small, it will mean the world of difference. Okay. Now, now that hopefully you're starting to understand what your mindset is and how to master our own personal mindset, I also want to take a look at how to apply this to day-to-day -day business practices, right? And like, for example, learning from other successful people. And in your business, in any business, right, whether it be real estate or finance or, 
or it be, you know, clothing and accessories, like whether you're in the pet business as a veterinarian, like whatever it may be, there will be those who are more successful than you. That's a fact. That's not my opinion. I know this and you should too. Like, will you criticize them at that point? Will you become jealous and be like, "Mm -mm, you know, I know I'm better than her knowing that No, like you're good, but you're not that good, right? When you see successful people, it's natural to have these emotions. So you're still human. You're not the only person that thinks how you think. You're not the only person with that thought. However, you must be aware of those feelings and ask yourself a better question in that moment. Like, how did they become successful? Because you can really learn from people, like build rapport with them, stop hating on them, stop criticizing, learn their skill sets and apply them for how they best work for you. Modeling that success of others is one of the greatest skills you can learn. That's what I did to get to where I'm at. That's what I'm going to continue to do with even the two mentors that I have to this day so that I can continue to strive, reach for and achieve that next level, whatever that may be for me right? And it will allow you to experience the growth that you need and understand that there is no one person you should follow, but rather a myriad of successful people you should be surrounding yourself with, not just one person. From if you're in real estate like me, from agents to investors to contractors and lenders, like make sure that you are always around those at the top of their game. Not only surrounding yourself with people that are on your level, but people who are above where you want to be, essentially, right? And in sporting events, since I am a sports fan, you will also find usually that one team or the other playing to their opponent's level, right? Like if the best team in the division plays the worst team in the division, two things can really happen. The first is that the worst team plays to the level of the best team. They level up is what we call it, right? They turn up their energy, they gain focus, and they're really, they really play up to their opponent. The second thing that can happen though is that the better team plays down a level, like they turn down, right? They feel overconfident in their abilities and start to make rookie mistakes that they don't normally do because they're modeling their opponent. Right. Like, for example, my my one of my daughters did that. Right. She was she's she's good. Right. She loves playing basketball. But when she plays her sisters who are younger than her, she plays on their level. She's not still like going hard and going full throttle and doing her best and putting forth her best effort in her fullest potential, even in practicing and playing with them. She kind of dumbs down her skills to mold and model that of her opponent. And at that moment, it might be her sisters or her friends, but she's playing down her abilities. You don't want to do that. That's not a good habit to get into. So like I tell her, go hard, think big, go, give it to them raw and uncut. Like be you, do you. Because that's going to strengthen you. That's going to help prepare you. And that's going to really help propel the people that may be beneath you or may be on another level than you, a lower level than you. That's your opponent, right? Whether it be in a sports game, in a life event, in business or in parenthood. You want to surround yourself with those who are better than you. That's just 
you know, that's just a good practice is it's also the best way for you to reach for the top. It forces you basically to not settle, but to always strive for more. Right. And as we've already mentioned, a fixed mindset really describes an individual who will avoid taking on those new type of uncomfortable challenges because of their fear of failure or they even fear that it will work. And they will be successful and they won't know how to manage it or they'll have to give up something or they won't have time for it. Right. Like working with this mindset would mean that you might not call if you're in real estate. Again, the top REO, the real estate uh, owned um, by the bank. You might not call the top REO agent in the area because you may think they'd never take you serious as a new investor. This fixed thought will be the thought that will prevent you from really learning because even if they blow you off or you know hang up on you even you'll grow from it you'll develop your muscle so that you become really unstoppable in pursuit of your dreams so realize that re rejection isn't a door slammed in your face it's simply an arrow in another direction okay know also that like criticism is not an attack it's a gift and as a business owner or a future boss, if you want to be, you have to accept no. You have to accept failure. Each and every time that you do, you will become one step closer to your goal. Okay, so build with the blocks you're given instead of burying yourself underneath them. That's some of the best advice that I can give and that I had to learn and apply in my own life. And also like how you communicate with others in your business, whether it be in a real estate investing business or any other, it really says a lot about your own personal mindset and you want to be mindful of that. Okay. So that is why your goal should be to make your employees or your children or your spouse and your team members really feel good about themselves while still letting them know that you expect more. For example, like, in real estate, if your contractor just finished up an amazing kitchen upgrade or improvement for you, you could say, wow, like, wow, John, right? You're good. This kitchen is amazing. That would support a fixed mindset. Or you could say, hey, John, you must have worked really hard to make that kitchen look this amazing. You see how that sounds different? It got a different tone and vibe. Like that second one really should sound like it supports a growth mindset. It's not complimenting them and saying that they're perfect, right? And that the kitchen is even perfect. Even if it through your eyes or lens looks like it is. It's really acknowledging the work, the effort, the work ethic, right? The skill. It's not focusing on them as a person and that limits them to their greatness, just like it will for you. Okay. So like in that example, like telling a contractor that they are the quote unquote best, that is super fixed. It's a super fixed level. And instead you would want to compliment, like I said earlier, the work ethic or the process. These are small things that are not only training your employees, your partners, your joint venture groups, like, but also training you to interact with all of the people who are in your life. And by mastering the way in which you communicate with others on even a day-to-day -day basis, you are essentially fine-tuning your own mindset while helping others to form theirs. Okay, so 
just a quick tip that I want to give you guys also here is once you're able to really identify who does and who doesn't have a growth mindset, you can definitely choose who you should surround yourself with. You want to hire and surround yourself with or be around growth-minded people, working with them and building off of their abilities, right? Like that's super, super paramount to even you achieving your own success. And goal setting is certainly one of the best ways that you can apply a growth mindset to both your personal and your business life. Um, I do a whole episode on goal setting. So if you want to go back and listen to that on Anchor or any other Spotify or Google podcast, any podcast platform, you can find these that I'm referring to. But go back. That's another good one to listen to. But like I said, goal setting, it, it, it definitely is. It's certainly one of the better ways that you can apply a growth mindset. Um, in different aspects of your business or your life, right? And designing steps and creating a system really for your goals is what I talk about is an excellent way to really apply that concept to your business, to your, to your, your work life, your family life, whatever. Okay. So this first step as a step one is to really envision your rewards because this step is to master the art of visualization and visualization is extremely important. Like most people would think that they should envision their goal. For instance, if you want to save $5,000, you may want to picture holding that money in your hand. However, the more important aspect of this vision is not the picture of the money itself, but rather what are you going to do with that money as you reward yourself for hitting that goal? Is it to put a down payment on a new car? or a new bag, or maybe you wanna buy a fancy new watch. Like imagining the results of reaching your goal is where the power is truly held. And if you visualize the reward, you're telling your brain that you already have it. It's yours, you're owning it, you're claiming it, right? And then you wanna repeat that process every single day of visualization, right? Step two to this whole thing coming full circle is that you want to attach emotion to things that you do. The next step, like I said, attach emotion to your rewards. Figure out what pushes you to that next level. Where's the root of your emotion? Is it with your family, with your love of travel, or even the ability to prove your self-worth? While like tangible items may be a great goal for so many people, for most people, the emotional aspect of an achieved goal is really the highest motivator, right? For me, it is at least. And holding an emotional anchor also means that you are stronger when it comes to those inevitable goal obstacles. So really take it a step further and like imagine how excited your family will be when you get that new car or how good it'll feel to put you know, on that expensive walk, uh, watch or to walk into that new house that you buy, knowing that you, you alone earned it, right? You alone may not have created it or manifested it for yourself, but you earned it. You put in that work. Step three is to create a vision board. I want you guys to really create a vision board because your mind responds strongly to visual stimulation. Like by representing your goals with pictures and images, you will actually strengthen and stimulate your emotions. A vision board, I've had one 
even before my years in business, even starting my first business, like I, I heard Oprah, I know she was on, on TV talking about it for at least 30 years, having an, a vision board and the importance of that, right? Because a vision board is simply a display of photographs or words that represent your rewards and your goals, okay? Like whether it's financial freedom, or a vacation to, I don't know, Rome, or a new watch, or even a house. Create a vision board full of these type of photographs so that each day, not only are you imagining those goals being reached, but you are looking at them as well. Like you're seeing them, it's becoming real for you. And make these goals important to you by placing the vision board in a place that you really can't miss. For me, mine is literally right next to my bed. Like I have to see it every night and every morning. I can't miss it. For you, it may not be in your bedroom. It can be in a bathroom. It can be on the back of a door like you choose or in your closet somewhere that you go every day where you can't miss it. And whether it's, it's also like laminated and placing it in your shower or taping it to your ceiling above your bed, just make sure you see this every single day, okay? Step four on this journey of growth mindset development or strengthening even um, is to know like you, you want to help others, okay? You will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want, right? Like that's a very common philosophy and saying even of people is that you will, you'll get what you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want, okay? Like whoever said that first, they could not have been more correct. I truly believe this and see that even reflected in my own life. By teaching others a lesson, you in turn teach yourself. And when you guide a person down the right path, you reach the same outcome, right? Even if it's not at the same time. So help your team members, your family, your children, your spouse, really to create your own vision boards. I know I did it and I really required my children, even as young as the youngest, um, even, you know, well, the youngest, I take that back, he is 10 months, so not him, but my two-year-old is the next youngest. So I even encouraged her, like she has a picture vision board. We all have one and they're all hanging all around us in their room, in the living, I'm sorry, in the laundry room, um, in the bathroom even, like I said, by my bed, above their bed, right? So it's the first thing they see when they wake up and the last thing they see when they go to sleep. You wanna have your family members on the same page like this and write down and recite their goals to you as well, especially for children, especially if you're trying to be in their world and bring them into your world so they, they don't feel uh, distant, right? You bridge that divide between business and life, um, uh, you know, and, and parenthood and momhood, right? Even, excuse me, even with your spouse, you want to make sure that you guys stay strong and connected and vibe, right? So you want to have your spouse do the same thing, even if they don't want to be physically writing it down. Like, and you, you, you know, your husband is not like that. Like, talk, have that conversation with your spouse, boyfriend, or husband, or wife, or whatever, right? Have your talk with your family, children, and spouse or other significant other so that you guys can get on the same page, write it down, recite your goals together every single day even, 
that's not too much. And that's not asking for too much because this will keep you on track and also ensure success for all of you guys. So everybody wins and that should really be the goal, right? So just as a, as another tip real quick, um, that I'm thinking of, it's, it's a good idea to really create a new vision board every year. You don't want to have the same vision board. Like I said, I had it even before the 10 years ago when I first started my first business. Best believe I do not still have that same vision board. It has changed many times. I actually just created a new one um, and a dream list, which I'll talk about in another episode. But I, I, I created my most recent vision board, um, I would say about three months ago. Right. And I just made it a a home home life project. One Saturday, I'm like, we're all going to the dollar store. We're going to grab some boards, some markers, some pretty stuff. Um, I ordered some magazines off of eBay for super cheap. I got like 12 back issues of magazines for maybe 20 bucks. And we just cut them up. We just decorated our boards. It was super fun. Like the kids had fun and we we hung them up after. Like it doesn't have to, you can make it a Fool's Day project. You can make it an arts and craft project for an hour. It's up to you. Just do it though, right? Like it's, and do it every year. And remember that as you continue to grow and evolve and expand, your goals will too. And that's why you want to update it. So you guys, I'm going to end right there with that. I think that we've covered a lot. You guys hopefully have learned and got some value out of this. I just want to kind of like highlight and hit the main points again about mastering your mindset. Um, number one, remember growth mindset is the belief that intelligence and talent can be changed. And a fixed mindset is the belief that intelligence and talent is fixed at birth. Uh, Number two that I want you to take away is the development of your mindset begins from your early adolescence. So whether you have children or not, just know that even for yourself and those around you, that development of your mind begins in the womb, right? And it continues to develop through your childhood. And it's really important, but never too late that you can start to retrain and master that mindset. Okay. Number three that I want you to take away is that like with practice, altering your mindset is possible. Like you're not a lost cause. You're not the only one in the space or feeling stuck or depressed or anxious about something or fearful, right? You're not. You just have to practice altering the thoughts and things that you tell yourself. And number four is you want to surround yourself with successful people so that it will ensure your own personal growth and development. Right. And number five, you want to incorporate your growth mindset into your day to day business, mom life or other challenges. And number six, you want to set goals and visualize rewards to maximize your potential in achieving them. So I hope, again, you guys got some value out of this. You learned some good tips and tricks, some golden nuggets, even sprinkled some jewels. I hope that you, um, you know, got some out of my experience and my stories because all of this, I'm not just telling you, I'm reminding myself because it was true for me once and every single day, I'm still working on my mindset from the moment I wake up, even to what I wake up to, right? My alarm clock is a Mary Mary song that is like, you were made to live the good life and that's what I believe, right? Like you guys might hear it in my intro because I want you to, if you haven't heard anything positive, like you're going 
to want to hear that. Like, I'm not thinking I'm a Fantasia or, you know, able to sing, but I want you guys to hear that messaging. I have that on even my um, wake up song, uh, like I said, for my own um, alarm clock, right? Um, and I know other people secretively around me, like my husband and children, like they can hear my alarm. It's loud. It's not small. It's not quiet or it wouldn't work. Right. So, um, from the moment I wake up, that's my alarm. That's what I hear. That's my programming from the first 20 minutes that you're, you, you wake up. That is the next most important time because that's when your mind is freshest, but it's also most open and vulnerable. Right. So what you feed yourself like, oh, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to get up. Oh, what time is it? Mm, no, I don't want to do this right now. All of that is programming the outcome of your day. So for the 20 minutes that you wake up, the next thing that immediately plays for me, at least that you can happily, you know, try for yourself to see if it works for you as well is instantly motivational tapes, right? Motivational speeches and tapes and messaging so that while I'm starting to get ready, I'm taking a cold shower, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm washing my face, I'm doing my morning skincare routine, I'm, I'm, um, you know, starting to get ready, I'm doing my quick 15 minute cardio, like all throughout those phases of doing things, even prayer and meditation, I'm hearing the positive motivational things and I have this subtle belief that it can happen for me because I'm listening to people who it has happened for and I'm kind of vicariously living and projecting that level of success. That's what you wanna do. Even if it's with these episodes, right? You really wanna get in an hour because even for myself, I get in at least minimum one hour, ideally two, one in the morning, one at night. But again, you have to start somewhere. Okay, so these are baby steps. You can change your alarm, what you wake up to, your alarm ringtone, you can change that now, right? You can go on YouTube and if you want recommendations on like motivational tapes that I listen to and, and speeches and stuff like that, feel free, reach out. I'm more than happy to share with you what those are for me. But you can do those things today, right? That's what I wanna leave you guys always with, something actionable, something to do and take action with to better yourself and level up your lifestyle immediately, same day, instant results, so that you take those baby steps and then you start to walk and then you start to power walk and then you start to run, sprint, jump, hop and do whatever little tricks that you can after, okay? So I love you guys. I want nothing but the best for you guys. I want you guys to win. I want you guys to do it. I want you to even like, share, subscribe to my channel. If you haven't already, comment, reach out to me. I leave my information in these descriptions just so you can you know, let me know. Let me be a sounding board so I can celebrate the wins that you guys are happening, having, right? Like let me know what's going on in your world. You want to continue to proceed as if success is really inevitable. You, you want to continue to go confidently in that direction of your dreams because you want to ultimately live the life that you've imagined and you want to imagine the life that you're living and you want to do that now. All right. So be good. Be well live great, take care of yourself, protect yourself, love your children, make time for it all because you can do it if I can. All right, guys, till next time. Peace. Are you interested in becoming a real estate investor or sharpening your skill set by strategically combining the mom life with business through real estate investing? If so, and you want to learn how to do that with more inspiration and support in that process, join my free Facebook group at Beauty Boss Moms with the link in the description below. Tune in for the next episode. Bye. Bye.